When you're faced with adversity, do you flounder or fly? I'm Simon Ratcliffe, and on Turning the Tables, I share candid, powerful stories of people who have turned around adversity in their personal or business lives to find new purpose and meaning. Welcome to episode 17 of Turning the Tables. Let me start by asking you a question. What have you learned about yourself, your world and our planet through the course of this global coronavirus pandemic? That's a question I asked not one person, but 15. Fellow podcasters and friends from different walks of life and parts of the world. This episode is dedicated to their stories. So sit back in your favourite comfy chair, grab a coffee or a cup of tea, pull on those headphones and listen. Listen to stories of connection, of hope and of fears. Listen deeply, reflect and ask yourself the question, what is my truth from this unprecedented time in our history? Let's begin with Maria from New Jersey, poignantly reflecting on her gratitude for the gifts in her life and the importance of the relationship with her mother back home in Greece. When the pandemic news started bombarding us very fast, I sat down and began to write in my journal all the things that I was grateful for. First, I reflected on my past. I remembered all the challenges that I have overcome. My father died unexpectedly when I was only eight years old. I remembered that we faced fear and uncertainty that seemed unmanageable at the time, but we were able to figure out our way forward and we built a new life without dad. Knowing that I have overcome adversity many times in my life before, gave me confidence that I can adapt to the current situation and the new reality. Then I asked myself in my journal, how am I going to make it through this time? I wrote down all the things I have built and still enjoy in my life. These things are my health and faith, my relationships and lifestyle, my work and my cash flow. I refer to these things as the containers I've built over the years. They offer me peace of mind and joy. They give meaning to my life. They also help me stay calm and sane. And I remember telling myself that the best thing I can do right now is to keep these containers full. So I cook every day and I sleep more than I usually do. I take my long walks. I read and listen to music. I meditate and pray. I write my gratitude journal every single day. I also decided to double down on the most precious containers I have. I reached out to friends to tell them that I miss them and offered my support. Also, since the end of February, I started calling my mom in Athens every single day. Our regular weekly calls before COVID have now become daily discussions. We talk about life and death and all the things we care about. 
And these discussions have brought us closer together than we've ever been since I left Greece over 20 years ago. While I don't know what lies ahead and how our new reality will look like, I'm grateful that COVID reminded me of the gift I already have, and that is my journey so far and my life today. I will continue to keep my containers full and double down on what matters the most, and that is love and human connection. The theme of family and loved ones looms large, a sense that in this time we've been drawn together, but also a feeling that we had taken things for granted, almost as if we'd become anaesthetized from life's reality. I will let Howard, Richard, David, Amanda, Mina and Karina explain what this time has meant for them in their own words. My son was uh, finishing up college, senior year, and of course, uh, I don't get to see him much as uh, his, his college is about an hour away from where we live. And he came home in uh, March. Uh, I'm in New Jersey and uh, to finish out his semester. And you know, the real blessing for me is uh, being able to spend more time with him, uh, more time with my wife, and uh, to to do things together more as a family. I think the opportunity to enjoy each other's company once again in, in the way we used to when, when he was younger. And uh, it's just a, it's a, real, it's a real treat. And I look forward you know, every day to when he kind of, I'll put air quotes, comes home from school and says, hey, what, what would you like to watch? What would you like to do? Or do you need help with any projects around the house? And to develop that kind of relationship and to know that it's continuing means quite a bit to me. I'm writing more. I've upped my blogging to one a week since the lockdown. I'm exercising more. I'm walking the dog loads. It's just good to be outside. I'm getting more sleep. As, as a family, we're watching more TV together in the evening. And we're also, we're all eating pretty much our, all our meals together, which never happens. Well, it sometimes happens, but not often. Actually, there's one thing I have noticed. I've, our days are they're simpler. You know, every second of every day isn't isn't crammed full of activities. So, so everything everything we do can expand a little bit just to take up take up a bit more space. What has this lockdown COVID nineteen taught me? I think the most important thing is that I have taken things for granted, all the little things, but they are so beautiful. For example, going grocery shopping freely or taking a walk outside. Well, hang out with friends when I can. Well, these sort of things, I think, well, you know, I can do it another day. But suddenly, you understand, they're so precious. The virus has made me realize that to some extent, I've taken my freedom and my health rather for granted. And I think the arrival of lockdown has certainly stopped that in its tracks. We've also been doing some nice walks in the local area and seeing bluebell woods that I hadn't seen for years. And so small things have actually made a big difference. So I think in, in summary then, so whilst it's cliched, the lockdown has reminded me to take time to appreciate the smaller and unexpected things in life. But what has changed is that I'm 
I'm exploring what living life to the full can mean in a very different set of circumstances. And perhaps as I come out of this and our freedoms begin to come back, I, I hope I will be less likely to delay and pontificate about things and probably more likely just to throw myself into whatever life has thrown at me. Hope we all can come through this stronger mentally and physically. We can all stay healthy and fit. After all, COVID is about the health before the economy. I'm blessed to have my adult children all asleep under the same roof, sharing meals together. This past Mother's Day is the first in five years where all my children were able to share it in person with me. But bigger than that is this treasure, this pocket of time together. I'm valuing these moments of deep, unhurried and uninterrupted discussions. We're discovering the adults that they're evolving into, their dreams, their values. We share family stories of generations past so that they can remember how their ancestors dug deep and discovered the grit, the resilience and creativity that makes our existence possible. And that gives us all hope. Perhaps what these stories point to as Linda's words describe, is a renewed sense of awareness of the dramatic contrast between the little things that characterise our everyday and the big things that frame the world we live in. I guess it's been a chance to slow right down and noticing all the little things in life, I suppose. Going out, you know, in the garden, Every day, literally watching the leaves burst out from the trees and the changing of the seasons got very into literally watching blossom come out and go through the whole spectrum of blooming and then withering. So little things and large things, I suppose, the small things that you notice in your own little confined life and also the very big things that are going on in the planet at large. Some good things, but a lot of painful things, a lot of people being ill, dying. That's been hard. The small things and the big things and really how they're all connected. I wonder whether COVID-19 is pointing us to a simpler life a hankering to be free from the constant battery of stimulus and expectations bombarding our minds. Peter paints a very British picture of this reality. Life feels simpler, less rushed, less pressure in some ways, but more in others. The pace of life has certainly slowed down and I can sit in the garden in the morning and enjoy the birdsong. And the road outside the house, which is usually so busy, is very quiet. It almost feels like village life, which is fine if you live in a village. But I do miss the hustle and bustle of city life, the people, and being able to sit at an outdoor cafe with a double espresso watching the world go by. People watching is a big part of my life. I miss it. A couple of weeks ago, I looked up at the sky and there, hanging in the air, was a vapour trail from an aircraft. I hadn't seen one for ages and I haven't seen one since, 
And at that moment, I felt like a shipwrecked sailor watching a ship on the horizon disappearing from view. I'm cooking more and eating less. We're having regular meals at sensible times with no snacks in between. We hardly eat any processed meals and we cook everything from fresh. We haven't had a takeaway since lockdown started. We're making food last longer. A chicken can last four or more days. A roast dinner, then cold cuts, a curry, sandwiches, and finally the carcass is boiled to make soup or stock. Vegetable trimmings go into soups. All scraps get used and go towards making another meal. My missus is a genius at finding ways to stretch out food. Nothing's wasted, nothing's thrown away. Perhaps it's something of a cliché, but time has become the most precious ingredient in our lives. Time to learn, time to think, and time to do the things we love to do. As Tanya reflects, Covid has been like a beautiful constraint. And as David, Cindy and Catherine go on to point out, a time to question our priorities and our values. This has been a time of learning and reacting and learning again. What did I relearn during the past month? I relearned that it's okay to have whatever reaction I want to have. I had to tell myself to just do it. Give yourself the space you need. You do it for others, now do it for yourself. What new thing did I learn? I learned that I'm still capable of hoeing and turning yards of soil with my bare hands and arms and shoulders and back. During my gardening heyday, which was from the mid-1990s into the early 2000s, gardening kept me centered and kept me focused on this fact that nothing happens unless you make it happen. Nothing teaches you that more than gardening and watching plants succeed or fail. Life changed course after this time and I stepped away from gardening. And while plants have always been an interest, I wasn't gardening at the scale that I was during my peak gardening activity. Well, when it became clear things were going the way that they were going to go, I jumped back into the yard and revived the backyard farm. And I'm once again learning that nothing happens unless you make it happen. And this reminder that I need to keep moving, that I can't sit still. And it's helped me reframe this entire time in history as a beautiful constraint. So what's next and what's left to learn? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I've trained myself to find the silver lining in challenging situations, so it was easy for me to find the gifts brought on by this time in isolation. On a personal note, I have wanted to be more productive during this time of isolation, But that's just so hard when I'm in a bad mood due to reading too much coronavirus news. I can now say without a doubt that I am capable of fixing my mood anytime I want to. Friends, I have to tell you, this is huge. I can go from feeling fear, anxiety, irritation, general lousiness to cheerful, enthusiastic, and inspired in a very short period of time. I used to just put up with it when I felt bad, but now I know how to change that anytime I want. And you know, I totally believe in being humble, and I like to think that most of the time I am, 
but this is something I'm really proud of and I'm going to tell people about. The significance of relationships and the significance of the most significant relationships really rises to the surface during times like this. Pause and be grateful. Take no one for granted. Don't cry over things that can't cry over you. Well, that's everything, isn't it? This coronavirus outbreak has helped us see that which matters most. C.S. Lewis wrote a piece where he spoke to people's fears about being annihilated by an atomic bomb. He summed up that ominous possibility by reminding his readers that the bomb was simply a new way that mankind had created to end life. His charge? Whatever comes for us, and whenever it comes, let it not find us cowering, wringing our hands, or fully and solely immersed in bad news, but instead, let it find us enthusiastically engaged in life, doing something pleasant, kind, fulfilling, helpful, or meaningful. The biggest silver lining for me, the gift in the shutdown, has been the quiet and the deep work I've been able to do because of it. When the shutdown started, I read a poem by Lynn Unger called Pandemic. And it began, What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? That got me thinking about Sabbath, what it is, what it means, and observing my own little corner of the world right now I've been able at times to see through this lens of Sabbath that's helped me find a gift in all the craziness of the shutdown and shelter-in-place order and stay in the mind of hopefulness, healing, purposefulness. I remember when I was growing up, it was still pretty normal for most businesses to be closed on Sundays and not much social activity going on. In today's society, though, it seems like Sunday's just another day. It's business as usual. And right now, it is definitely not business as usual. Of course, we can't ignore the harsh business realities that this lockdown has caused. People's livelihoods, their financial security, and their careers are under threat. As Liza Minnelli's words in the film Cabaret suggested, money makes the world go around. Yet as Leakey and Karina point out, perhaps what COVID-19 shows us is the fact that our attitude to money and the way money is made needs to change if humankind is to thrive. Hi, I'm Leakey. Since turning the tables is about overcoming adversity and finding new purpose, I think it would be interesting to have a look at the fashion industry and understand how the COVID pandemic has accelerated the transformation of this industry and is actually creating opportunities for independent and small fashion business owners. For many years, we've been talking about changing the fashion system, mainly because it is too polluting, and it supports a system of exploitation of all kinds that is destroying the planet and widening the gap between the rich and the poor. But because the system is very well oiled with some strong gatekeepers, 
all past initiatives to change the system have had a very low impact. But here we are. The pandemic has shattered the system and has forced the industry to change. And it means that the fashion business can just no longer operate the way it has been operating in the past. This situation might sound terrifying, but it comes with many silver linings for independent and small fashion business owners. Now it is the time for your business to be seen and heard and grow. In the new normal, customers still want to buy fashion, but they will want to buy differently. My guess is that they will probably buy less and less often, but more consciously and more intentionally with intention. Brands and businesses need to be crystal clear about what they stand for and why they exist. This pandemic has brought us together closer and has reminded us of the value of life, of the scarcity of resources, of sharing and caring for each other. And if this is what your fashion business stands for, this is your time. This is the opportunity we've been waiting for. For the first time in a long time, I see us more connected across generations than ever before. We're now one generation, Generation COVID, all living one shared, lived experience. This has been a hugely empowering moment for me. We now have an example of what is possible in the space of a few short weeks, that countries can work together, that individuals are willing to make sacrifices for the common good. I see this as a dress rehearsal for our ability to handle and tackle climate change. Working together, realizing that the constraints we thought were around us will move to meet the situation at hand. Working together, creatively, to imagine solutions where there were none before. I've always been driven by family and possibility, and COVID has given me the gift of hope that humanity will rise to meet this and the next challenge, and that we can and will work together. As this episode of Turning the Tables draws to a close, I will leave it to Diana, all the way from Washington, D.C., to reflect on the contrasts that this pandemic has thrown up, the heartbreaking and the heartening, the distressing and the delightful, the mindless and the mindful. What COVID-19 and the reciprocal shelter-in-place has taught me so far. Clarity, confusion, observation, springtime birds returning from wherever they wintered, Anger, divisiveness, uncertainty, left versus right, fear, experiencing longer than normal wait times, short supplies, long lines, masks of every shape and size, solitude, loneliness, pain, every possible learning experience, gathering, and happy hour on Zoom. Lack of leadership, bravery, patriotism, fascism, greed, generosity. A herd of Kashmiri mountain goats strolling a main street in a village in Wales, maybe window shopping. Views of the snow-capped 
Himalayan mountains seen from India for the first time in 30 years. Inventions, interventions, awareness, creativity, 3D printers, frontline responders, people in the shadows, mindfulness, the importance of self-care, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, rituals at a distance, saying hello, saying goodbye, walking, coffins balanced on chairs in funeral homes, stupidity, obfuscation, starry, starry skies, empathy, science, global efforts, politics, pathologies, patience, a family of wild boar, dad, mom, and three little piglets, tapping through an empty intersection in Haifa, Israel, and stories, so very, very many stories to be heard. So what can we conclude from these stories and reflections? The pause button has been pressed. The question is, as we move forward, what path will we choose? What choices will we make? And what stories will we tell our children and our grandchildren about the adversity of the coronavirus pandemic? Will it be a story of how we fractured apart? Or will it be about how we came together? Will we have learned or will we have forgotten? Only time will tell. It's in our hands. A big thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. If you'd like to continue this conversation on the impact of COVID-19, join me on the Turning the Tables podcast community on Facebook and Instagram. The links are in the show notes, along with the links to all my guests' podcast shows. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Turning the Tables. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and be sure to listen out for the next episode, where I again will be exploring with my guests how they turned adversity into advantage. See you next time. Go safely.